Blog Talk Radio. the balance studios here in the west suburbs of indianapolis beautiful morning here in indianapolis it looks like we're gonna have us a nice summer day uh so maybe get some grilling done today gonna go out to the orchard we'll see what happens here but first and foremost you start your day on a saturday right here on the balance from iowa to college football to pocono that's what we're going to be doing today we starting off in the cornfields of Iowa with Tony Donahue. He's actually on his way up to Iowa for the Tony D podcast in the fan place. He's our official IndyCar contributor. Going to be talking about and breaking down what's going on in IndyCar. And, hey, it's just another couple weeks until they're back here in Indianapolis uh, for another round with NASCAR. So we'll get into that uh, that conversation a- as well. Uh, so also Adam Jividen, Brown, Super Browns fan, Buckeyes fan, Guardians fan, Super Duper Cavs fan, Cap, our college football co-pilot, Swiss Army Knife, <laughs> joins us to uh, talk some preseason college football. Since you know, we'll only stick to the script. There's not absolutely not going to be any talk about NFL or NLB talk. You can detect my sarcasm there. Sarcasm. Is it sarcasm or sarcasm? Sarcasm? I don't know. And welcoming back to the return of Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor. He's returning from his, his own West Coast swing where he was on vacation with the fam. NASCAR rolls into Pocono in the mountains of Pennsylvania. He'll be helping us break that down. Be sure to check out us on the World Wide Web. com and Give us a call. My digits, 917-889-8516 is my digits. Stick around, guys. It's about to get good. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. 
with over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. No, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Mark. We'll say, oh, Presidente. 
We're uh, standing by for Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast and uh, and the fan place. I'll get that right one of these days. Uh, and we're going to be talking about some IndyCar here in just a, a moment as soon as we can get uh, uh, Tony on. <laughs> Obviously, IndyCar just coming off a great race out of Toronto last uh, week. Uh, certainly uh, uh, kind of an exciting race. Was it Alex Below that won? No, it actually was not. He came in second, by the way. And uh, we'll, we'll get into all the peculiars of that race. But, man, Alex Blow's real deal. Congratulations to Krista Mungard, uh, who uh, picked up a win out in Terra uh, Hope. What is wrong with me today in Toronto? So uh, we'll get into that conversation here in just a second. But, uh, yeah, great race out in Toronto uh, this week. And is it's two uh, back-to-back uh, races uh Double headers, uh, the High V Home Front uh, 250 and the High V One Step 250 out in Iowa, and I have been to that uh, track before. It is a great track, but it is out in the middle of nowhere. You're going, you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going, and then boom, there's the racetrack. <laughs> and as far as you can see, there's nothing but corn. It's great, uh, but it really is a true Iowa experience. Uh, so uh, we're going to be uh, breaking that down as well. And as, as you know, as I mentioned, IndyCar will be back at Indianapolis. Um, it'll be August. Let me pull that up here. Well, I don't have it right here in front of me, but I'll get it. I'll get it. We're standing by for Tony Donahue of the Tony D podcast and uh, the fans place to jump on with us and talk some uh, IndyCar as well. Um, so we've got, we've got a lot going on in racing. We've got a lot going on in IndyCar, NASCAR. And so we're going to be breaking all of that down, uh, right here on the balance radio network. We'll be right back right here on the balance radio network. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. 
Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more unbelievable Geico videos, give subscribe a click. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. No, they're winning my eyes. we It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Welcome back to The Balance. Joining us now is Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fan Place on his way up to Iowa in the cornfields. How are you doing? Happy Saturday to you, Tony. How's it going? It's going good. Looks like it's going to be a great day for a great weekend for racing. I haven't looked at the weather there in Iowa. Is this your first trip to the Iowa track? No, I've been here several times now. Yeah. It's a great track, great short track, great experience. And as I was just saying just a while ago, you know, you're driving, you're driving, you're driving, and you're driving some more. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's a racetrack. And, uh, yeah, it's a great track and out, literally, quite literally out there in the middle of, of the cornfields, that's for sure. Well, let's talk. Let's break down uh, what happened in Toronto last week. Great, great win uh, for uh, Christian Lungard. Alex Blow did not win. Imagine that. But uh, – he did get on the podium. Alex Fallot finished the race. His car, his his front uh, fin was about to fall off, but he finished the race. Let's get a recap of what happened out in Toronto last week. Yeah, I think that was the most uh, impressive drive for Alex Fallot all season, and that's that's saying a lot since you know he's got all those wins and the pole at Indy. Um, it was a little bit chaotic at the start, especially with that accident, and you had kind of three separate. Strategies going on. You had you had Dixon um, and Scott McLaughlin who stayed out during one of those yellows and uh, weren't really going to make it. And we saw a lot of drivers 
barely make the end of the end of the race last weekend on fuel, but uh, Christian Lungard had enough. He had one of the fastest cars. Uh, you know, going into the race, even though he started on the pole to be in dry conditions, he didn't know how his car was going to be, but uh, he got out front, let out front, had great pit stops. Remember, he started on the pole back at IMS on the road course. Uh, he lost a few spots in pit road. He kind of thought that might be the case last weekend, but nonetheless kept it up front, led the most laps, and picked up his first career win, which is pretty big for the sponsor in High V. It's been putting so much money into that Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan team and, 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 and great momentum heading into their big weekend coming up here in Iowa over the next 48 hours. Well, we certainly got qualifying coming up here very, very soon up there in Iowa. Uh, so we'll see how, how that goes. This has been a track that's been favored by uh, Joseph Newgarden, obviously coming off his uh, Indy 500 win. Uh, what's it look like for a uh, Newgarden in Iowa this weekend? Yeah, he was fastest in practice yesterday. This is one of, one of, one of if not his best tracks, even last year. I mean, he won the first race and was dominating the second race well on his way to sweeping the weekend before. Uh, something broke on the car coming off a of four. He hit the wall, uh, ended up getting taken to the hospital for further evaluation. Um, he ended up being okay. Um, you know, last year the schedule, it was Iowa, then they came to Indianapolis. So, um, but yeah, I mean, New Garden's up there. Pottle Award's been great on ovals. He's probably been the most consistent oval driver um, since, I guess, the pandemic in 2020. I mean, outside of wrecking out of this year's Indianapolis 500 going for second place. Uh, he's finished top five in almost every oval. I think he's been with for Aero McLaren. So he's going to be there as well. Um, and, and those are obviously your, your top two favorites. And that's no surprise. That's no shock. Everybody knew that going into the weekend. Well, absolutely. And it's, it's going to be an exciting race. I always like watching these double headers because, you know, you really do have a tale of two cities. Talk with us a little bit about the track. We're going to have some issues with temperature, it looks like. It was very, very hot yesterday. That always come into play with, so when it's really hot in the car and the track temp is really hot, uh, that's going to come into play as well. Uh, but talk with us a little bit about the double header, what it is, and, uh, you know, how does it work? Hi, um, 82 and tomorrow is a high of 85 so they'll be using their cool suits some of them uh won't be nearly as hot as it was last year when it was like 99 and 98 for the two races um laps tick away quick here 250 of them but you're going at 18 19 second laps you're going to catch the back of the field pretty quickly it'll be interesting to see uh how the leaders navigate through traffic you got some rookies as we know Canapino is going to be out there with Benjamin Peterson, Stingray Rob, three drivers that, that haven't raced on this track in an IndyCar. But you're going to have to qualify up front because if not, you're going to find yourself getting laughed real quick. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's and let me ask you this because I really don't know the answer to this. Is there two separate qualifications because there's two separate races? Is that how that works? Yeah, I believe qualifying today, lap one, We'll set, we'll set the field for the first race, and the last two of your qualifying will go towards tomorrow's race. All right, sounds good. Really excited to see what, what happens out there. Well, let's uh, kind of just break down the field as we know it. it I mean, Alex Pelot, is this his championship? I mean, can we go ahead and say that Alex Pelot is going to be the 2023 IndyCar champion? Yeah, I mean, outside of um, crazy circumstances, it looks like he's got it about wrapped up. Now, however, you know, he, he's never won on an oval. Yeah, he finished second in Indy back in 2021. 
if something were to go awry this weekend, let's say he finishes outside the top 15 and Joseph has a great weekend um, or Dixon has a great weekend, that's going to put the pressure on. Um, it, look, it's going to take a lot for him to uh, lose the championship, especially with after this week and only one other oval left. Um, I would say it's about a 95% chance that he wins it, if not higher. Uh, but, man, sometimes you just never know anything. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other drivers who are trying to uh, make their mark in Iowa. Chip Ganassi Racing's Mark, Marcus Erickson, uh certainly uh, been impressed by him this, this year. I believe he was third in practice yesterday, uh, and Colton Herta was fourth as well, and uh, Pottle Award was, was fifth, and, and that rounds up kind of your top drivers in practice yesterday. Uh, what are your takeaways from practice yesterday and those drivers? Yeah, um, you know, you've got guys that really at this point you're, you're you're looking for wins, and if you look ahead to 2024, there's so many going are, are up for grabs right now. Mark, mind, will he be at Andretti? Will Chip Ganassi re-sign him? Will Chip Ganassi go get somebody that maybe brings some more money to be able to sign Marcus Erickson? Is Roman Grosjean going to leave Andretti Autosport? Or is Felix Rosenquist going to go about below ends up there? So, a lot of guys are driving for um, their careers. A lot of guys are driving for where they're going to be next year. One of those guys um, who is with Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing is Jack Harvey, and he'll, he'll take a nine-spot grid penalty for today's race um, after avoidable contact in last week's race. So uh, Jack Harvey, who's fast at this track, um, but is kind of racing for his life. It might be the last weekend we see him uh, already starting off to a bad start. Well, let's just uh, talk about some of the other drivers uh, at Iowa this week. We talked a little bit about Joseph Newgarden. This track has been a, a, a favorite of his. He's, he's done well there. Scott Dixon, the Iceman, he's in second place behind Alex Pelot, but by a large margin. Uh, so, Scott Dixon, can he make up some ground this weekend in Iowa? Yeah, I mean, he's consistent there. Uh, you know, he dominant back in 2020. He's been very, very, very consistent throughout his career, as we know, at every track. So, um, you know, he's having a willpower-like season from last year. Will Power won the championship with consistency and only one victory. Uh, if it wasn't for Pelot's dominance, we'd be talking a lot about how great of a year Scott Dixon is having without a win. Kind of just gets pushed to the side when his teammate uh, in Alex Pelot has been dominating everything. So uh, Dixon's going to be right there. It'll be interesting. We'll never know. Uh, and I wish, you know, the CW was rolling their cameras. But, but are we at the point of the season now where – Maybe Alex Pelot and Scott Dixon aren't sharing as much information back and forth with each other. Um, you know, Dixon's going for a championship. We'll be back at Ganassi next year, as we know. But but at some point, you, you take some of your secrets and just keep them to yourself and, and not and not help out your teammate knowing that, one, he's leaving next year for a different power plant, a different team. Right. And, two, no exactly. takes down on the championship. Well, absolutely. Well, Tomoka Soto – uh, certainly a, a very good, solid driver, a two-time Indy 500 uh, driver. Uh, also, I believe he's – I could be wrong. He may have moved around, but I think he's also part of Greyhawk Hall Letterman. Uh, but uh, what are your thoughts on Tomoka Soto this weekend? Yeah, big balls for Tuba Soto. Love him. Uh, Ganassi, you know, he's got a drive in maybe the last couple of races for him. We don't know where he's going to be. Ganassi cars are super fast. Um, he hasn't been as good as Iowa at Iowa as he's been at Indy and at Gateway where he has wins. But, um, you know, he's got two races left on this contract with Ganassi. Who knows if he's back next year. Uh, we know he's a Honda driver through and through. So, 
Um, we'll see. But, you know, I, I, I like big balls, and I think he'll be up towards the front this weekend. Alexander Rossi, uh, what are your thoughts on him? I know that you follow him quite frequently as well. Yeah, Rossi needs a good run. Like There was all this expectation of him going to Aaron McLaren and him being able to contend for championships and, and him being being a contender for race wins. And, and really, he hasn't he hasn't done that. He's, he's, yeah, he's top ten in points. That's great. But he hasn't really – and it's crazy to think that Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing got a win this year before Aaron McLaren did. We're still waiting for Pato Award to bust through. We're still waiting for Rossi to bust through. Um, but if you look at, at Rossi's season, everybody thought everybody thought that he would be uh, up towards the front and contending. Um, he only has one podium that came at the IMS Road Course. But you look at his last three uh, starts at IndyCar, 10th, 10th, and 16th. So, um, you know, if you're Rossi, you're looking to get on that podium for the second time this year. It's going to be very, very exciting for him. Simon Pajon still sideline. Uh, Connor Daly uh, subbing for him. What do we what do we like about Connor Daly? I like him. I, I certainly a fan favorite here in Indianapolis, and so is Simon. Uh, what first of all, what do we have any update on how much longer Simon's not going to be able to be in the race car? Yeah, we don't know. Uh, we just know the doctor said he wasn't quite cleared. So, so bring in Mr. Juvenile himself, Connor Daly, right to the back of his ass, back <laughs> into that car, and try to get up towards the front. He's fast here. He's got a pole. Uh, I think he's finished up in the top ten a few times, and that'd be a great run. We just haven't seen those Meyer Shank cars really run up towards the front this season. Um, Elio Castroneves has been, you know, two or three steps behind the eight ball most of the year. So um, we're looking forward to see what Connor can do, and he's back to auditioning um, on what he's going to be and who he's going to be here in the future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I know turns three and four are, are very, very kind of a – Hard turns to maneuver. We saw yesterday uh, where Herder came close to Glaze, hitting the wall there in turn four. Uh, and uh, then uh, Romain Grosjean, his, uh, his teammate, also uh, almost got into or had a near miss in turn three. So talk to us a little bit about turn three and turn four. It's going to be a challenge for these, for these drivers this weekend. Yeah, there's just so much lifting at this racetrack. You know, you think about Indy where you're, you're flat out and, you know, St. Louis, you know, you lift halfway to the corner. There's so much lifting here at Iowa. I mean, you're probably only on the throttle uh, fully for about 40% of the lap, add in some traffic that we're going to see uh, in both races. Uh, it's it's difficult. It's, it's, you can go three wide, but it, but it gets dicey, as we know. And um, we see it in practice. We'll see it. Somebody's going to make a pass, chop down, and cut that air off of somebody. Mm-hmm. And, uh and, and, and really take take away what, what they need and what they are. So, um, you know, if you take away that air, you wash up, you end up in the – you end up uh, – you, know, you end up crashing or you end up hitting the wall. So, good Lord, uh, we'll see what happens. You're going the wrong way. Yeah, it's going to be – it's going to be exciting there. I know you're on the road there, so we're going to keep you here for just a, 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 couple, a couple more minutes. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Penske's Scott McLaughlin? Yeah, we'll see. He was really good here last year. He had great runs, but you couldn't, you know, everybody was kind of talking about Joseph and talking about um, talking about Pato Award. So, uh, McLaughlin's never won on an oval. He's got a second place at uh, Texas in his career, so we'll see if he can do it this weekend. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fan Place joins us. Tony, we need your pick for both today, both races this weekend, and then we also need your pick for the uh, race in uh, Pocono this weekend. Uh, give me 
Marcus Erickson today, Pato Award tomorrow, and NASCAR. And Pocono, that's, that's one of the best races of the year to take a nap during. It is. I'll go with Chase Elliott to break through and get a win. Fantastic. What are you guys working on? Obviously, you're going to be out there at the race in Iowa covering that. Uh, make sure you get some corn in the media center. Last time I was there, that's some of the best corn. Of course, it's in Iowa. Uh, but uh, what are you guys working on uh, this weekend on the fan place and uh, on the Tony D? Yeah, we got plenty about this race. Uh, we got a contest up for both Iowa races. You can win tickets to the IndyCar Grand Prix at IMS coming up next month, so be sure to check it out. We appreciate it, Tony. You drive safe. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast joins us and uh, the Fan Place. Check out the Fan Place. It's a really cool app. Download it. Uh, we'll put that up on our social media as well. But uh, just download it, and you can – it's kind of like an alternative to gambling. It's uh, it, you, you basically play for prizes and uh, different stuff, not actual cash money, and you don't have to, you don't have to pay. It's free. It's free. I love it. I, I use it all the time, although I do use my – my official DraftKings uh, and, and, and Caesars, you know, I, I have to bounce around because, you know, here, here's the thing with, with the, the, the DraftKings, uh, like I can on the NASCAR on the cup races, I can do, you know, winner, top three, top five, but uh, on the, in Xfinity, I can only do winner on IndyCar. I can only do winner with DraftKings and on Caesars, I can do uh, first, second, third, fifth i think even as well so you know flavor flavor for the month but yeah it's going to be exciting out there in iowa like i said i've been to that track quite a few times and uh uh so uh, I, I think i've told my dan weldon story uh that that story happened in iowa i think i've told my tony Kanon story that story happened in iowa uh which i can get into all of those stories at another time but just some really unique uh, interactions I had with both of those drivers in Iowa. So I got a lot of fond uh, memories of Iowa. I don't like to drive. Uh, in fact, I think if I could just, the next time I go up there, I might just fly. It's a, it's a very quick flight, but it's a very long uh, drive. My name is Tom Marquis El Presidente. I know Adam Jividan, uh Super Browns fan, Buckeye fan, just an all-around great guy, Swiss Army Knife, going to be running just a little bit late today for us. Uh, but we're going to be getting into the college football conversation as well. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente, Saturday. Where else do you want to be on a Saturday? Oh, yeah, okay, maybe in bed. But if you're up, you should be drinking your Black Rifle coffee. <laughs> your Black Rifle coffee. BlackRifleCoffee.com. You know, I, th- I think I've told you guys this before, but I have a friend who's in the, the Navy and on a destroyer, and that's all they serve is Black Rifle coffee. Uh, on on the destroyer there, and so go to blackriflecoffee.com. The good thing about it is when you buy a bag, you get a bag. We'll be right back right here. I'm sorry, you buy a bag. Of course, you get a bag, right? You buy a bag, you give a bag. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Company, I took the review off of this so forth, so I only see him in front of me. Now the past is out of sight and out of mind. For I change now, I'm back chasing these white lines. I'm just a long head son of a sinner, searching for new ways I can get gone. I'm a
The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like, early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're ripping my eyes. we It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is... Great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Mm. 
to the balanced. Thank you, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the fan place for jumping on with us and breaking down IndyCar. Obviously, a big uh, win out in uh, Toronto last week for Christian Lungard. Alex Pillow in second. <laughs> I am dying today, by the way. Yeah, but uh, Tony on his way up to Iowa. A uh, great uh, racetrack out there in the middle of nowhere, but it's a great race doubleheader this weekend, today, and tomorrow uh, with IndyCar. We'll see if Alex Plo can pull it off again. I tell you what, I don't know anybody that can beat him in the championship, but I'll tell you who, who can beat us in the championship of life. It's Adam Jividen, Super Browns fan, Buckeyes fan, Guardians fan, Super Duper Cavs fan. I mean, he's just our Swiss Army Knight, all-around great guy and our college football co-pilot. And uh, so we're going to stick to the script today. Uh, absolutely no NFL or MLB talk. I'm lying, of course. Adam Jevedin, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Tom. How are you, man? <clears throat> good. Half the segment comes up in your intro. <laughs> That's true. I love it. I love it. Beautiful day here in Indianapolis. Real quickly, uh, put your homer cap out in just a second here. Well, at least my homer cap. What do you think about the Colts' new uniforms? Uh, I think they're terrible. I think they're really ugly. The helmet looks awesome. And I'm like, you come up with that helmet and you pair it with – it's just – it's really um, – it's this weird mix between trying to be modern and then trying to be classic, and it doesn't work at all. Like, I, <laughs> it, it's just not good. It reminds – it's kind of like when Atlanta did like that – black and red fade like yeah. jersey a couple of years ago. It just doesn't yeah. look good. You see like Ohio State yesterday dropped alternate uniforms that we're going to wear for the Michigan State game that are basically all grays, red numbers, white trim. Looks awesome. Um, the Browns dropped an alternate helmet to go with like our all white look. That's a, it's paying homage to the 1946 Browns looks awesome and then the Colts dropped and I was like oh my gosh the Colts are going to have milk that's what you give us like it, it <laughs> again the, the helmet looks awesome but besides like the texturing on the jersey everything else about the jersey just kind of looks like it's like a create a jersey in Madden like here's a black stripe there's a black stripe like it was just it was very and then the Indiana Knights thing that doesn't make any sense like yeah, I agree Do with you on that. we have a going, like, party night club scene here in Indianapolis that no one is aware of, <laughs> apparently? It's crazy. But I, I guess, you know, it, it, it does kind of remind me of a college football. It kind of like, look, you know you know who they remind me of, actually, is when you look at the uniform, Duke, Duke's uniform. Yeah, but. and and you should never want to be compared to Duke in anything football-related. <laughs> Especially in Indiana. Well, well, and that's, you know, I hey, think we're that's what's it. so hard is like is is I feel like the Pacers, especially with their like, the Pacers have done an awesome job with their uniforms the last several seasons, and then the Colts give us that garbage, and I was just like, what What are you doing? Like, guys, make <laughs> me want to buy a jersey. I want to have a new Peyton. I, the last jersey I bought from the Colts was Peyton. Dagummit! I want a reason to get a new one, and they're not helping me out here. Well, I'm probably going to be needing a new one here soon. But I, I, I always wait till the, the guy that I'm wearing uh, is um, retired? Retired or hurt or 
you know. So how many jerseys do you have to get on track here? Oh, gosh. Do you count the ones, like, just the ones that I put wear regularly or including the ones that I don't wear very often? Ooh, I didn't know there were so many options with you, Adam. Uh, let's just go with so the I've ones got, that you okay, have to I wear on game day. Jerseys, three Ohio State jerseys, three Browns, two Cavs. I don't have any Guardians. I have an Indians. I have, and then I have some other random players. So, like, Josh Hamilton was my favorite player for a long time. So, I've got a Josh Hamilton Texas Rangers jersey. I've got Patrick Kane. He's the Blackhawks are my hockey team. We just don't talk hockey anymore with anybody. Um, and it's, and it feels like fading into obscurity. Um, I've got a couple other baseball. I've got a couple Cubs jerseys. I've got um, Ladanian Tomlinson from the Chargers Baby Blues. That was like my first not Ohio based. I have an Ohio State basketball jersey. Um, so I've got I don't know probably fifteen, and then I will be buying. And all the the gray Ohio State, like without a doubt, and I'm going to get it at number 18 for Marvin Harrison Jr. Just like my black ones, my black Ohio State is Justin Fields. Um, yeah, so. That's well, happen. you got me beat. You got me beat. But I got you beat on ball caps, so there you go. No, I yeah, I, my absolutely. current my my current my current jersey that I'm currently wearing for the Colts is Ryan Kelly. Before that, I had Dallas Clark. Wasn't it just Saturday? Um, I did not have Jeff Saturday. I should have I had, Jeff, had Saturday. Jeff Saturday one. You know what? I did used to have a Jeff Saturday. I don't know what happened in that thing. Man, you got a good memory. You got a good memory there. I did have Jeff Saturday. You're right. What happened to that thing? I used Jeff to Saturday is what you would wear when we would have Jersey days at the office. You're right. Because you would wear Jeff Saturday right. and I would wear Peyton Manning. Uh, Melissa says Leonard. Probably get a need in new one there too we probably need to get just two new jerseys just to have them but uh, let's get into some uh, college football talk preseason before we know it the season is going to be here and obviously uh everybody's talking about the big 10 everybody's talking about marvin harrison jr that's your backyard so let's go ahead and and uh, just assume that marvin harrison's going to be the player of the year <laughs> but uh, it's i mean it's hardly a lock obviously uh but he he certainly will be one of the big 10's uh biggest players Right, you know, right up there with J.J. McCarthy and, and Braylon Allen and, and Blake Corum and a lot of uh, a lot of players to watch. Well, let's talk about uh, Big Ten uh, preview, as if you will, but let's focus in on the Ohio State. We can look at some other ten teams in the Big Ten. We'll move on to some other um, uh, divisions. Go ahead, sir. Yes, I think Ohio State season, as it boils down, they're going to have the talent to be probably. 80% of the roster just on town alone. Really, this comes down to can we break our two game, our two year funk and win the game and beat that team up north? It, it's going to be, if we don't, now it's going to be interesting um, because Ohio State has absolutely dominated the rivalry, dominated the rivalry in recent years. But these last two years, we've been beat in the trenches real bad. And that actually kind of highlights what Ohio State. And people that don't watch Ohio State maybe more casually need to focus on is how are they doing at the line of scrimmage on the offensive line? They're replacing three starters, but they do return probably the best overall starter on the offensive line, maybe in the entire Big Ten. Uh, Donovan Jackson is a preseason All-American. Um, he's real good, but he's a guard. Uh, he's a right guard. 
um, last year. I think he's going to play left guard this year. Um, we also have a new quarterback, Kyle McCord. He was a five-star quarterback coming out of high school, like pretty much every quarterback at Ohio State these days. Um, and a little bit of uh, info for your knowledge, Tom, Kyle McCord, the new Ohio State starter, was the high school quarterback and teammate of Marvin Harrison Jr. out in Philadelphia. So How about that? He is very acquainted, very acquainted with uh, his top target. Um, and then the, the running back room is healthy. Trayvon Henderson, who was the freshman of the year in the Big Ten two seasons ago, but dealt with an injury-laden campaign last year, is uh, very much healthy and looks from everything that we've heard. Because Ohio State has very closed uh, camps through, through spring and summer work. Um, mm-hmm. Looks great. Like, he wants to be a first-round draft pick. Great. Um, and it's going to come down to what what adjustments under Jim Knowles does the defense make. The defense looked good through 11 games and then fell apart against Michigan and fell apart against Georgia. Frankly, if if the defense would have held up just a little bit against Georgia, even with all those injuries, because if you remember back to that game in the Peach Bowl, we were down basically all of our running backs. We were down Cade Stover, our starting tight end. We were down Marvin Harrison. He got knocked out of that game by a really dirty hit in the back of the end zone. Helmet with the helmet. Um, and we still almost won that game. We missed a, a late field goal that would have won the game. Um, and would have probably, we would have pants TCU. And so, I mean, you're talking a late field goal away from a national championship, essentially. Um the question is going to be, can the defense correct? I'm not concerned about a, a first-time starting quarterback because Ryan Day is a wizard. Um, and any quarterback that's playing for Ohio State, as long as Ryan Day is the head coach, is going to be not just good, but probably a first-round quarterback by the time the NFL draft rolls around. I mean, that's been the last three. Um Let's look at. I'm not worried about. Let's back. look at some I'm of the. Not worried about receiver. It's offensive line, and then can the defense make adjustments? All right, let's just kind of go around the Big Ten and look at some key players. Uh, just kind of go off the hot seat with you, and uh, we'll talk about the team from up north. Uh, everybody else knows them as Michigan. JJ McCarthy, 2023, certainly one of the top prospects, one of the top quarterbacks to keep your eye on, and obviously that's a guy that you guys are going to be preparing for with Ohio State a lot. Yeah, I mean, think about McCarthy is like. He's shown he can win, kind of, but he's won a little bit. Like, we lost that game on what was, frankly, horrible defensive alignment. And our defensive back just not playing the ball when it was in the air. Um, he threw up some, like, arm punts, and they had, like, they had 80% of their passing yards on three plays. That was just – it was just, frankly, bad. It was – really bad uh, fundamentals from a defensive back. As a former defensive back coach, I was, like, trying not to throw things at my TV. Um, <laughs> but I, I – McCarthy – we got to see McCarthy improve throwing the ball to make him a legitimate draft prospect. He could just be one of those guys that was, like, solid college career, and then that's it. But if he can improve throwing the ball, they are – very dangerous team yet again. Um, I think they're a dangerous team to begin with, but if he can actually throw the ball, and, and admittedly, I don't know who he's throwing to. That's the other side of it, is the wide receiver recruiting up there 
has not been – obviously, like what Ohio State's not been doing is historic because of Brian Hartline having sure. multiple first-round receivers consecutively. The top two receivers – or I mean, Garrett Wilson won the, the rookie of the year, and the runner-up was Chris Olave last year. So both Ohio State rookie receivers. Like, And then you're going to have probably the top two receivers in this upcoming draft are Ohio State receivers and Marvin Harrison and then Emeka Buka. So, like, you wouldn't expect it to be like that. But I admittedly, like, you listen to their insiders and their receiver recruiting is not where they want. But that's never been Harbaugh's focus. Harbaugh's focus is going to be ground game. And they have, a, they have really solid work with their tight end. So we'll see what happens. They're returning, you know, both Donovan Edwards and Blake Quorum at the running back position, which is a – that's a tough running back room. Um, but I, I, I do think – McCarthy's going to be the, the person that determines how far can they go. If this was the year that there's a 12-team playoff, like next year, I would, I would pencil Michigan in in eight. I'd put them in in Sharpie. But since it's only four for this one last year, I don't know. I very well could see both Ohio State and Michigan get in again. Um, like they did last year, but but we'll see. That's the, he's going to be he is the ultimate X factor for that team. Well, let's talk about another uh, team here that is a big competitor in the Big Ten, Indiana. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's see what happens with Indiana. I digress. But uh, Brandon Ayla, uh, Allen Jr. with Wisconsin, awesome running back. Everybody's going to be pre- prepping for him as well. And w- Wisconsin is always a a battle in the Big Ten for a Big Ten championship. Yeah. Knowing that, that divisions are going away in the Big Ten, it's not great for Wisconsin. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's this is a good year because the rest of the West is a, a mess. Luke Fickle, it's his first year as their head coach. And Brandon Allen, I'm, he's one of probably the – the Big Ten is stacked this year at running back. Um, and he might be the best of them. Um, Travion Henderson, if Travion Henderson can return to form from what we saw his freshman year, those are your best two running backs. And both of them are on the Doak Walker shortlist um, for best running back in the country. Um, I, I'm really impressed with him. Um, the question for Wisconsin is just they're gonna, this is going to be a year of transition. I think they'll probably win seven or eight games because people are sleeping on how good of a head coach Luke Fickle has developed into. Um, at Cincinnati and then coming up to Wisconsin. Um, Ohio State has to play Wisconsin this year in Camp Randall, and I am not excited about it <laughs> because every time we play at Camp Randall, it's going to be a game, and you know Luke Sickle is going to be excited, uh, pumped, getting his team pumped because as much as he loves Ohio State, he's going to love – he will probably love to maybe beat them, um, being, a, you know, his longtime defensive coach and alma mater. So – Wisconsin is very much, I think, trying to return back to that ball-dominant defensive running game while also still using the pass more than they did, for example, like under Barry Alfred, where the pass was more of like, we have to. That's how Cincinnati played. They had phenomenal defense. Just look over to the New York Jets and, and ask them what they think about Cincinnati's defensive development with Soft Gardner. 
So let's let's uh, real quickly. I do want to take a quick look at my Indiana Hoosiers, and then a couple things I want to get your thoughts on. While we still got you for some college football before we have to move on to to NASCAR. My Indiana Hoosiers, uh, 2022 record was four and eight overall, two and seven in the Big Ten. Eight years with Tom Allen. I was really excited about Tom Allen when he came. Uh, I mean, he's 30 and 40. He's not lit the world on fire. He did take us to a bowl game uh, that, uh, ironically, we got beat by Duke, I believe. Or did we win that? Either which way. Uh, but IU has never really been known for its football. But, I, I mean, I, I think that there's some ways to turn uh, um, some of the changes into a positive. When you look at uh, IU uh, as, as a whole as a team, I think they've got some great parts there that can, can make it happen. Even if the Hoosiers couldn't beat Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State, big deal. Almost no one beats them this t- at that time of year for the most part. So it's expected that those teams are going to win. Talk with me a little bit about Indiana and how can an Indiana fan, I know I'm not the only one out there, uh, jump in with some, some excitement for IU this year. Well, I think, I think Indiana actually has the blueprint for what they need to do, but it's not being done in our conference. It's being done in the SEC. And I don't understand what Tom Allen is doing. I frankly, I, like as someone that just watches the Big Ten and I want to see the Big Ten succeed, um, I needed to fire Tom Allen two years ago. He has just completely lost the grasp of like what it takes to succeed in college football today. They needed to hire someone young, um, kind of like what Purdue did, um, which I know isn't going to sit well with IU fans. But um, that, that's what they need to, to do is they need to do – they need them to make a move and go get one of the young stud coordinators in this conference, and instead they're just continuing to roll with Tom Allen, going like, well, you know, the, the, the boosters love him and blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Like, he doesn't win. Uh, you know, he's ta- he talks every, – every game you talk about him wanting to win the right way. And I'm like, what's the right way? I don't – it's not like we're talking about, like, freaking – you know, uh, what's the old movie with Burt Reynolds playing in prison football? Like, it's not I, – I, Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking right about, play? yeah. The, the longest yard. Like, it, we're not talking about – like, that. You're not drop-kicking players. Like, win the game. And the, the fact that I used former quarterback transferred to Washington and is a Heisman Trophy candidate, like a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate – Tells you all you need to know about Tom Allen. Like he was holding. Well, let me, you know, real quickly, let me ask you this. You know, Trayvon Davis is possibly going to be their quarterback starter. Um, he's Trace Jackson's uh, uh, younger brother, by the way. But neither here nor there. Um, Tom Allen and Trayvon Davis have to get on the same page. How's that happen? And that's. And, and that's, that's the thing. is I think Tom Allen has a very specific way that he wants to win, and it doesn't work today. And so I don't know that he'll ever be on the same page with his quarterback because he wants to play conservative. He wants to play ball control. Well, the problem is other team has a lot more talent than you do, and you're trying to play conservative and ball control. Before you know it, you look up and you're down 14 to nothing, and you're still trying to, like, run little three-yard outlet passes. Like, mm-hmm. you have to let your athletes be athletes and then let the chips fall where they may. But that's what he's, – he's not allowing his players to use their gifts to their full potential. And that's my problem with Tom Allen. 
So let's move on here. I want to talk a little bit about uh, well, Tennessee. Obviously, they've been in the news, not necessarily in the positive way this week. Uh, we're a big Tennessee family in this household, as uh, Melissa's a, a Tennessee ball girl. So we, we follow Tennessee a lot. But you don't have to be a Tennessee fan to know what happened here. The, the, the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about how I feel about this whole situation. For those that don't know, Tennessee, the NCAA charged Tennessee's football program with 18-level one alleged rules violation, the most severe under its rules for impermissible recruiting benefits totaling $60,000 that were paid to prospects, players, and their families under former coach Jeremy Pruitt. Among other allegations, uh, Pruitt was accused of providing $9,000 cash to the prospects of of mothers of two prospects. Um, His wife, Casey, is accused of making 25 cash payments uh, about for about twelve thousand five hundred to help prospects' mother make a car payment. Now, okay, gets the rules. Yes, let's let's say that. Okay, but this happened in a time when players could not make money. Right. And here's the thing, and a lot of people know this. A lot of people don't know this, but a lot of these kids come from let's just say less than desirable environments. A lot of pressure is put on young men to take care of the family. And believe it or not, a lot of players want to become NFL players so that they can take care of their family. I see nothing. I guess I would be more concerned about it if he was spending this money buying his prospects uh, hookers and cocaine. Uh, which we've seen before with other uh, coaches, but not with this. And, and not, I'm not just saying this because, you know, we like Tennessee. We like, you know, Pruitt. You know, we'll see how, how they're going to do this year as far as the fan base goes. But on the surface, did he really do anything that wrong by trying to help these prospects' families? All right, here's my problem. You can't – that is a – that's a straw man argument because if that's what they're doing publicly, what are they doing privately? And here's my problem with that. It's the rules, man. Like, you can say, well, is it really that bad? It's the freaking rules. Ohio State yeah. lost the national championship. We went 12-0 in Urban Meyer's first year, but had a bull ban because our players were selling their own stuff to get tattoos, which it's a stupid reason to sell your stuff, but that's what they were doing. They were selling their stuff that they earned at games. So they were selling, like, championship rings for, like, Big Ten championships, and then they would use them at a tattoo shop. We lost the national title. Alabama got that title in the, in the national championship, the Manti Teo year for Notre Dame, when Notre Dame went undefeated and then got stomped by Alabama. Mm-hmm. If, if everybody forgets, Alabama had a loss that year. Ohio State was undefeated but was not allowed to play in that game, and we would have killed Alabama. Or not killed Alabama. We would have killed Notre Dame. Braxton Miller that year was – the best player in all of college football. He was electric. And we weren't we had a bull band for that reason. This is the problem I have. It's a slippery slope. How often do you say, Well, is it really that bad? Yeah, it was that bad because it was illegal. I don't care right. that we have NIL now. We didn't then. And so from that perspective, and it's kinda like to me. It's no different than what happened at North Carolina with North Carolina basketball. They were straight right. up cheating for basketball players to be able to 
to, to stay academically eligible so they could, quote, unquote, go to the league. Well, what is that actually teaching these players? How many players that don't make the NBA because they've had everything given to them don't know how to then function once they're no longer an athlete? Got it. Like, this, is the, Got this it. is the problem with that kind of situation. So should Tennessee, in my opinion, and this may not sit well with Melissa, Tennessee got off with a slap on the wrist, and y'all should be thanking the Lord because you should have gotten <laughs> absolutely hammered, and you didn't because the NCAA yeah. has no balls. Sixty $60 million is nothing, but neither here nor there. Adam, jump it in. We appreciate you jumping on. we got to go and talk to Pocono. Um, I'm going to ask you this just, just for fun because I enjoy hearing your reaction. Who's your pick for IndyCar and NASCAR this weekend? <laughs> uh, Jeff Gordon. <laughs> you know what? Uh, there you go. There might be somebody uh, in, 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 in that camp. All right, buddy, we appreciate you joining us. I hope you have yourself a great weekend, and we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. All right, sounds good, Tom. We'll see you. All right, bye-bye. There you have it, the voice of NASCAR. Uh, Jeff Gordon's going to win in Pocono. <laughs> of course, that's a run ongoing joke. He does not follow racing at all in any way, shape, or form. But our next guy, Steve Wilson, is back from his own West Coast tour and uh, going to be joining us to break down NASCAR in Pocono. And I think he'll give us a better uh, outlook of who the winner is going to be and won't be Jeff Gordon. Be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. You know me, in anticipation for precipitation, sack chips with a rainy day. Jay, rain man is back with little Miss Sunshine. Rihanna, where you at? You have my heart. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Massa Le Croix Piquet. 
which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been past their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Welcome back to the ballots. Hope you got your Black Rifle Coffee. That gives you my fuel uh, in, in the morning. BlackRifleCoffee.com. Buy a bag, give a bag. And uh, they got all kinds of stuff that you can get. Uh, mugs. You can get hats. You can get cool t-shirts, which I have a few. Uh, BlackRifleCoffee.com. Check them out. Well, uh, thanks, uh, Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and the Fan Place. He's on his way up to Iowa Gave us a call on that long road trip up there. I've made it several times, and it is a long one. Uh, but uh, talking with us about uh, IndyCar as they roll into Iowa. And then Adam Jividen, our uh, official college football co-pilot and just all-around Swiss Army knife for the show, jumped on talking a little preseason uh, football as, as well. But during this now, for off of his own West Coast, Tour, Mr. Steve Wilson of SpeedwayDigest.com, editor in chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, and our official NASCAR contributor. Steve, welcome back. Welcome back to the world, huh? How was your vacation? Oh, uh, it was good. Got to see some cool places. I tell you what, you went to a couple places, the Grand Canyon being one of them, uh, that's on my, my bucket list. Um, did you, you went to Yellowstone too, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's one. That's on my bucket place, uh, bucket things to do. What, okay, so what was your favorite site that y'all saw in your entire trip? The gambling tables in Vegas Uh-oh. or the canyon? In- <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, I mean, ever, uh, you know, it was kind of cool. I'd been to the Grand Canyon uh, before and seen half of it, and this time we did the other half, and um, oh, nice. you know, got to see some really cool. Sp- and got to see some cool stuff at Arches National Park and Grand Teton and um, Yellowstone and, you know, just some other places that we have stopped along the way. So, every you know, it's just kind of neat to do something different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you took the whole fam, right? Yeah, we all went out to this thing. Oh, nice. Nice. Did you have a, did you have your like a big RV uh, going behind you? Were you just doing it on a road trip, and how were you doing it? No, I mean we we didn't get an RV. We we kind of lived like nomads uh, from hotel to hotel for you know like almost two weeks. Love it, love it. Well, I'm, I hope you had a great vacation, and certainly uh, good to have have you back uh, on the track. No, no pun intended, I guess, uh, but. Uh, so have, have you have you caught up with all the NASCAR news? Uh, a little bit. I've tried to catch up, you know, over the last week, and you know, it's uh, I, I did keep up fairly, you know, while I was gone. But you know, uh, you know, so much you miss out on by by doing, doing some of that. And 
being out in some of those places that there's just absolutely no kind of service out there whatsoever. <laughs> and you know, there's something to be said about that. Absolutely something to be said about that because sometimes you've just got to unplug and just get away from the world. And it's, it's good that we have, we have uh, uh, places like that, I guess is what I'm going to say. Well, Let's get let's get into it. Yeah. Obviously, NASCAR rolls into Pocono uh, this weekend. Um, Josh Berry is on the, the pole. Uh, certainly, that that's a, a huge thing for him. Let's talk about the Xfinity Series in Pocono this weekend uh, with Josh Berry being on the pole. Yeah, um, you know, with Josh Berry being out there on the pole, this is this is a good thing for him, as you've already kind of said, but. You know, as Josh kind of starts to make that transition now in the latter part of the season, he's going to move over to the cup car replacing Kevin Harvick next year. Um, you know, the, these are all tracks that, you know, he's he's going to have to be forward thinking, um, you know, next year. And Josh is kind of an older, you know, we could, he's only in his 30s, but, you know, for a rookie, that's, that's, that's much older than we see in, in racing these days. And, uh, you know he he's gonna he's gonna have to start making that he's gonna start making that transition over the next couple of weeks and uh, you know as we get to the end of the year and you know with Pocono we only come to Pocono now one time per year um, you know this this is you know something that he's gonna have to definitely be uh, be out there watching some of the cup good drivers out there not only extending race like today but you know if he sticks around long enough tomorrow to see some of the racing tomorrow. You know, as I transition to that next-gen car, it's just a different platform. But, you know, uh, you know, Junior Motorsports has really been a team this year that needs, has been struggling a lot. And need somebody to come up there and kind of grab that, uh, you know, win for them and try to get them into the, to the playoff later this year. Uh, because just across their entire platform, it just seems that Junior Motorsports has struggled. Uh, even Justin Allgaier you know, drivers like that, that we would normally see at least at some semblance, you know, out there contending for wins just has been non-existent throughout the majority of the season so far. And, and, and that goes for everybody else at JRM. And, you know, it, it's really been Joe Gibbs racing all year long when it comes to Johnny, um, John Hunter Nemechek and those guys over there that have been taking part in that program. And, Chevrolet, you know, while has the vast majority of all the drivers or all the cars in the Xfinity Series has just been, you know, a lot of ways just non-existent. Um, main kind of shadowing uh, Joe Gibbs racing so far in Toyota this year. Talking with uh, Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest. Let's 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 go back and recap uh, last week in uh, New Hampshire, uh, especially in the Xfinity race. There was a lot of chaos on on the restart. I don't know how much of the race that you that you got to got to see there, but uh, certainly there was some chaos in the restart that New Hampshire led to, to pile up. Eventually, John Hunter na- name check uh, grabs a win there in New Hampshire. Uh, were you able to catch up on anything uh, that happened last week in New Hampshire? Uh, uh, the rain delay cup race, but as far as extended, you know, I, I, I just know a little bit of post-race stuff like that, but I didn't get to watch it. Okay. Well, yeah, the <laughs> – uh, Sunday was a much different story than Saturday, that's for sure. And then they had to move it out to Monday. Kevin Harvick won. He tweeted after he won. He's like, "There's no chance that this uh, lobster is going to be returned back to the ocean. Uh, I'm going to eat the heck out of it. I love it. I love it. I love it." Of 
course, a lot of people are like, oh, release him back, release him back. I don't know about you, Steve, but I'm right there with Kevin Harvick. If I had a lobster that size, I'd be eating it too. Would you, would you eat it or, or would you send it back to to the ocean? <laughs> I, 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 don't eat, I don't eat much seafood, so I mean lobsters and stuff like that. Uh-huh. I really don't. I don't really care one way or another. It's just, yeah, I'm not a seafood person, but, you know, uh, and I think you were talking about uh, Martin Trucks Jr., you know, winning the race on Monday afternoon or Monday afternoon, you know, after it all had been moved from Sunday. And, you know, for, you know, it, you know, he, he's in, he's in the ending. I said Kevin Harvick. I'm so sorry. I said Kevin. I said Kevin Harvick. I'm so sorry. I said it was Martin Truex Jr. that won. <laughs> Bring for it on a Saturday. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I apologize. No, yeah, no problem. Yeah, no, you know, he, he's in a latter part of his contract that, um, you know, expires later on this year. And, and there's been a lot of rumors about the fact of whether he's going to retire or whether he's going to stick around at least a little bit longer. And, you know, he he avoided the question all, all weekend long. And, uh, you know, that question just kind of intensifies now that he, you know, won out there and, uh, New Hampshire and, and locking himself into the playoffs later this year, as well as uh, you know what he does for the future. And I, you know, I think there's a lot of push right now for Martin Truex Jr. to at least come back for one more year. And whether that really happens or not, I think remains to be seen. But you know, with he's obviously still has winning abilities to go out there and, and win these races. And and, and Joe Gibbs Racing is uh, you know resigned to Hamlin, or I think they close to resigning him at this point i can't remember what it is i think i read one or the other you know trying to keep up on some of this stuff but yeah. you know they've they've they've, they've got martin trucks jr that is right there that it's either going to have to make that decision pretty quickly about to step away or whether they're going to uh, keep him for at least another year or two well, you know, historically speaking, Pocono is one of the best races to watch throughout the season. Uh, by far, it's a lot of times it's anybody's win. In seven races at the two-and-a-half-mile oval, there have been seven different winners. The only previous winner in Saturday's field is, is Stuart Haas Racing, Cole Custer, uh, who, who won there in 2019. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Xfinity at Pocono. Talk with us a little bit about that track uh, and what makes it such an awesome track to race on. And certainly, uh, you know, you see multiple winners, multiple years uh, at this track. Uh, you know, it, it, it may be Cole Custer this, this, uh, again this year, but uh, who, who sets forth in the championship standings. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the Pocono racetrack. Uh, you know, what do teams have to do, uh, both Xfinity and Cup Series, to, to prepare for Pocono, a beautiful track out in the mountains of Pennsylvania? Well, you know, Jeff, uh, talking going back to Josh Berry real quick on the extending series, uh, you know, he, he he did start from from starting from the pole. I mean, last year he finished his third in this event, um, and then you know Cole Custer, I think was Cole Custer is not tenth, something like that. Anyways, but I mean, you know, Cole and uh, you know uh, and uh, Josh Berry are running two totally different programs at this point, and you know Cole is. You know, obviously both of them want to win the championship, but their focus is totally different at this point. Um, you know, it, it's it's going to be, you know, this is just a wide open racetrack, similar to what we see in, you know, Daytona or Talladega or something like that. And, you know, the really, really long, over 2,000 foot long straight away down the front stretch and uh, going into the other two turns. And, you know, we may even get a little, a little bit of, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit of shifting out of these cars and that's something that 
in previous years have kind of been gone away a little bit. Drivers have just kind of gotten up there and just kind of kept it wide open, you know, with with little change in in, in shifting and you know speed, you know. But we've seen some drivers go out there and kind of bring the shifting back into it, which is you know improved. Um, racing out there to some degree, I think, uh, you know, we've seen, you know, across all of the series out there between trucks, Xfinity, and even Cup. Um, but, you know, it's still a very, very slick racetrack and out there on that tunnel turn where you get out there, there's, there's creases out there that, you know, you hit them just wrong and, uh, you know, you can spin out pretty quickly. So, you know, these, these teams are going to have to be very careful about those seams out there, you know, in the tunnel turn and then just the, the narrow um, banking that they have in some of these turns to, to kind of make these uh, high speed maneuvers that they're going to have to, in order to win the race. And, you know, that all comes into a combination of tires that are going to wear out pretty quickly out there. And, and, and we've seen, you know, in many years uh, or in years past tire failures going into turn one, We've seen some very vicious hits out there. Uh, Jeff Gordon, you know, Jim Johnson, you know, you, you name a lot of drivers and, you know, Xfinity Series and Truck Series, they've all, they've all kind of experienced this in a lot of ways that you get out there and these tires wear down and go into turn one and there, there's nothing there and you, you end up out there into the wall. And um, so, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's going to be slick and tires are going to be tire management. It's going to be key later on this afternoon and even tomorrow in the Cup Series race. Yeah, absolutely, and certainly the Xfinity race uh, uh, starts at noon, I believe, today. I believe you can watch it on uh, – I think it's FS1. I'm, I, I could be wrong about that. Uh, but uh, Pocono Raceway, it's the CRC Bracklin 150, correct? Uh, now, that – that was the truck series race that starts at 12 o'clock on FS1. And then you have the Pocono Mountains 225 uh, later on this afternoon around 5 o'clock um, from, from Pocono for the Xfinity Series. It helps if I click the right tab, uh, Steve. Maybe my brain's just decided to go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> 5.30 today, Pocono Raceway. <laughs> Got it. I, I knew something went going right in my brain when I was seeing Sanchez on the pole. I was like, what the? I was doing that dog uh, copter head kind of thing. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Daniel Hemrick in, in this race and uh, Sheldon Creed, obviously, uh, you know, she, uh, and Sheldon Creed. But also, uh, we're talking about Cole Custer, his his teammate Riley Herbst, uh, is has that all important twelfth place in in driver standing, only eighteen uh, points behind Parker Kligerman, who will be making the, the his uh, Pocono de- 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 debut. As well, Daniel Hemrick, Sheldon Cream, and and what do you think about John Hunter? Name check. We'll move on over to the Cup Series. Well, his multiple wins
Steve, I hate to interrupt you there, but it sounds like you're driving through the Millennial Falcon. Are you, uh, can you hear us okay? Yeah, no, I can hear you just fine. Okay, I can hear you just fine now. There was like a, a, a brief part there where you were, you were sounding like a robot from Star Wars or something. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. So, okay. So, just briefly repeat what you just said for the last two or three sentences. I apologize. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. I mean, uh, R- Raleigh Herps and Park Cligram and the two of them have, you know, they've, they've been in some incidences over the last couple of weeks have put them in that position. And, and you know, they've, they've been in, you know, uh, Rex and DNFs that, you know, you know, that that kind of see why they're sitting around that 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 all important cutoff line at this moment. So both of them need to kind of preserve over the next couple of weeks and getting into the Daytona in the next month in order to, you know, either make their way into the playoffs later this year or not. Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor um, and uh, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com. Well, let's uh, jump over to the Cup Series. A lot of stories and storylines to talk about with, with the Cup Series. Um, so talk with us a little bit about some of the highlights, the storylines for uh, NASCAR in today's race. I mean, tomorrow's race, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. So, you know, I, I think the biggest storyline right now that we're talking about in a lot of ways is uh, Chase Elliott and, you know, he, you know, between him getting injured this year and being suspended all, all at the same time, and he's well, well below the cutoff, and he has no possible way of pointing himself in at this moment. There's just no way that he's going to do this. And he's coming in a win or, or, or and get them get himself into the playoffs or lose or miss out this year. Uh, and he does come in as the defending champion of this race uh, from 2022. So, you know, there's a lot to look for there for uh, Chase Elliott. And, um, you know, for, for Chase and Hendrick, and, you know, I know the Hendrick kind of thing, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of a debatable question that we go back to and say, you know, it, are drivers allowed to have a life or, you know, do they have to live in a bubble for 11 months out of the year while they go race, um, you know, 36 races, and, and, you know, and I think there's a debate about that. And, you know, uh, I think you go back to that and you can't really barely say, you know, that, you know, that, that the total cause of where, where Chase Elliott is today, because I think everybody has the right to have some type of life out there, but, you know, and then the suspension too, I think that was kind of, you know, I, at least in my partial view of that is, is that, you know, if we're now going to wait until after the race to start dumping data out there on social media, like Denny Hamlin did in order to get um, Chase Elliott suspended for that one race, um, I, I think, you know, NASCAR is going to have to, you know, start making some judgment calls, at least on that, that, you know, and, and we've seen other drivers try to do that unsuccessfully at the same time in the Xfinity series that uh, just a couple of weeks ago where, you know, there was a data dump out there and trying to do kind of the same thing because the driver felt like they were wrong and they saw what Denny Hamlin had done. And, you know, if, if, if NASCAR, 
you know, is going to allow that to happen, then I think there needs to be some kind of rules around how that is engaged and, you know, whether this is in a public sphere where we just dump all the data on social media and say, hey, you know, go do something about this and spin the driver because I didn't like what they did to me, or is this going to be more of a private conversation that needs to be, you know, taken up with the officials either at the track or the day after once the data is, uh, you know, kind of looked over, you know, so uh, you know, I, I think there's kind of compounding issues of where Chase Elliott is today and, you know, whether whether that data dump, you know, if, if he had not been suspended based just solely on the data dump, you know, a day after the race, um, we may be talking about a different Chase Elliott today or at least an opportunity where he has the he has the momentum to potentially uh, point himself in versus now being in a situation where he has to win or not. Steve, as we know, the push to the 2023 uh, uh, Cup Series playoffs is in full swing. The six races remain until the 16-driver grid is set to determine who will compete for the uh, Bill Prince Trophy. Uh, so we got some people on the bubble, and you know, so we've got to figure out who's going to be in, who's going to be out. We look at the drivers above the elimination right now. That would be two points above the line would be Bubba Wallace, and one point above would be Michael uh, McDowell. And you look at the uh, Bubba Wallace, maybe he snapped his cold streak. I'm not sure, uh, as as he's had two consecutive top ten finishes at, at the Tricky Triangle, and then uh, after eight straight finishes at 14th or worse, his best finish at the track is fifth in in 2021. So you got Bubba Wallace is two points above, and Mike, Michael McDowell uh, certainly uh, not looking good for him coming into uh, Pocono. Uh, he's he's worked his way up his top 16 in points. So, first of all, let's talk about those two drivers. They're above the line. What are they going to do to stay alive in t- this weekend's race? As you know, last week, you know, we, we did see at least some sports along the way now. We're having a hard time understanding uh, you again, Steve. Really top. 10 or top 12. Um, that's weird. I, I, I don't know. Um, my, can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you just fine now. That's so weird. Go ahead. Huh. Uh, well, um, anyways, Mike McDowell, <laughs> he's, you know, had these top, kind of type ten, top 10, top 12 starting positions and things like that where um, now um, he, he's been a little bit more consistent into that. Um, this year and we've kind of seen that out of him a little bit more but he's he's really struggled too at the same time so it's been a balancing act and he's been able to work himself back up into that top 16 but really he's in danger you know because any new driver that wins he's going to not he's going to be the one that gets knocked out and 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 that's always the danger about sitting right there on that line if you don't have enough of a cushion that you know some new driver can just swoop in and, and, and knock you out and you know, Bob Wallace Collins is in the same position too. I mean, just you know, those handful of points can exchange pretty quickly. That you know, one one DNF uh, this week or a DNF next week, and you back below the line again. So, the two of them, you know, over this next uh, five six weeks or something like that, have to preserve everything that they do between stage points and uh, finishing positions. Well, let's talk about those that are below the line. Daniel Suarez is one point below the line, and, and then we jump all the way down to A.J. Allmendinger, which is 20 points below the line. Ty Gibbs is 41 points below the line, and Alex Bowman is 42 uh, uh, points below the line. 
Uh, so if we look at Daniel Suarez and A.J. Allmendinger, uh, Ty Gibbs and Alex Bowman. They're fighting for their life as well in the play- playoff scenario. Um, do do we see a any of those drivers that are below there get above the line here in the next few races? Well, just a week or two ago, Daniel Suarez was above the line, and that's why I kind of talked about that, you know, preserving every point that you can. Uh, and he was only above the line at that point eh, by like a point or two, just like Bubba Wallace and Michael McDowell is. So both of them, you know, he, he, you know, all three of them are kind of in the same position. Whereas, you know, Suarez last year at this point had already locked himself into the playoffs by winning, and he's not been able to capitalize on that like Ross Chastain has at Trackhouse Racing this year. So, you know, he, he's he's going to either have to, once again, win, or he's going to have to um, hope that, you know, either Michael McDowell or uh, or Bubba Wallace has um, bad finishing positions or DNF for you in the next couple of weeks, so it will bump him back above the line. Um, now, once you get back to Alex Bowman, I, I just don't think he's strong enough. He continues to stay below that line and fall further and further behind at this point. And, you know, if A.J. Allmendinger is able to do what he did in Indy and come out there when, and win that uh, event, then, you know, it won't be any problems for him, and that will knock out like somebody like Michael McDowell or, uh, or uh, Bob Wallace at this moment. So, you know, uh, there's the potential out there for A.J. Allmendinger with the, with the road course coming up there in Indy and, you know, Watkins Glen also at the same time. I mean, there's two potentials out there that we could see him go to victory lane and, you know, just as just as well as, you know, Daniel Suarez could, could win in the next couple of weeks too. But, um, you know, all of them are kind of in the same position that just have to come out with good uh, good finishes. We're talking with Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com. Everything NASCAR, your one-stop shop for NASCAR. And our official NASCAR contributor, Steve, let's talk about those that must win. Got to win. Win to get in. And there's Justin Haley, Austin Sendrick. Of course, we talked about Chase, Chase Elliott as well, Corey LaJoy, and Todd Gilliland. All are, are drivers who have to have a win uh, to get in. Out of those drivers, who gets it today, if any of them, that matter? I I don't honestly see any of them at this moment. I mean, Chase I mean Chase Briscoe at this moment is probably the only one that I see having a good run coming out of Pocono. But you know the rest of them, I just don't think they're strong enough at this moment. Justin Haley is going to move away from college racing after this year, so he it, to, to another team. Race, and, race. You know, he, yeah, yeah. So oh, I'm sorry, you I know, just... for him, he, yeah, you know ahead. he. Oh no 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 that's fine you're fine no uh yeah I mean he's he's gonna move away and I mean you know he he's you know his win has come through rain shortened events and that happened at Daytona and I think for him it's you know been really really a struggle you know with a top tier team in college racing that has the ability to go out there and win and he's just not been able to capitalize on that and, and Todd Gillen has has you know two at the same time I, I just don't see him as strong enough as winning out there this weekend in Pocono all right Steve before we let you go we got to get your official pick for the Xfinity race and the cup race tomorrow at Pocono hey <sighs> Xfinity race, I'm going to actually go with John Hunter Nemechek. And for the cup race tomorrow, I'm going with Denny Hamlin. 
Denny Hamlin, and who was your uh, Xfinity race? John Hunter Nemechek. Not John Hunter Nemechek. That's good. It's a good pick, actually. So uh, what do you think about the sale of your commanders? Did you hear about that? <laughs> I mean, you know, they've got all these – yeah, they've got all these fines and everything that they still have to pay. So, you know, I don't think Dan Snyder's sweating it too much. <laughs> Six and a half – no, no, maybe it was only six billion, but it was six and there was a big B uh, behind it. And uh, uh, so I guess they're going to be – the new owners are going to be a group of people called the Harris Group. So we'll see. Do you do you know what NASCAR <laughs> legend shares your love of the commanders? Uh, well, I mean, that's not, you talk about a side from Joe Gibbs. Well, there's Joe Gibbs. Okay, that's a, that's a given. That's not where my brain was going, but that is certainly why why wouldn't I think about that? Uh, Dale Jr. is a big uh, Commanders fan as well. So there you go. You, you share oh, okay. your love of the command. You share your love of the Commanders um, with with some greats. So my Colts, I'm, I'm I'm worried about. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens <laughs> but uh, a, a lot going on with my Colts so we don't have time to get into that but uh, Steve where can people find your work in Masterpieces what are you working on this weekend you can follow us at speedwaydigest.com facebook.com slash speedwaydigest and at speedwaydigest on Twitter so uh, I'm working on uh, just, uh, excuse me the ARCA race just finished up out there. There was a rain delay from yesterday, so that just finished up here shortly. So we're trying to work on some of the stuff for that. And then we've got some stories coming out for uh, Truck Series and Xfinity later on today. And then, you know, wide open coverage tomorrow for, uh, for Cup Series. Well, we look forward to it. We'll have all your stuff up on social media. You have yourself a good weekend, sir. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye, buddy. Steve Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Speedway Digest, our official NASCAR contributor, helps us wrap it up and put a bowl on it for today's show. Man, it's been fun. Kind of got a slow start, didn't it? Blame that on Tony. I'm just kidding. We won't blame it on Tony. <laughs> we won't blame it on Tony. We'll blame it on me. Although, in all fairness, he was he was driving uh, up to uh, Iowa. So, in all fairness, you know. But anyway, we got it under our belt. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast joined us. We've talked about IndyCar, what's going on in Iowa, uh, and uh, good good win for Christian Lungard last week in Toronto. August 12th, by the way, is the um, – August 12th, by the way, is when uh, IndyCar will be back here in Indianapolis at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Thanks, Adam Jividen, our uh, college football uh, cohort, uh, Super Browns fan, Super Buckeyes fan, Super Guardians fan, Swiss Army Knife, and uh, joining us to help us break down some college football previews. As we just listened to, Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest gave us a call after getting off his own vacation um, and uh, to, uh, breaking down what's going on in Pocono, the Tricky Triangle, uh, and uh, some fun facts about that. I'll get them up on social media, but uh, there's each corner has a, uh, a corner designed after a, a racetrack. Indianapolis Motor Speedway has one. Uh, Talladega has one. And I think it's Richmond or Martinsville is the other one. It's a tricky triangle. Uh, so it's shaped like a triangle. It's not an oval. It's not a roval. <laughs> it's not a road. 
It's it's a uh, it's one of a kind. Uh, and make sure you're following us on social media, the Twitter at T Balance and the Book of Faces. Just search the Balance and you'll find our logo right there. Uh, and you can you can follow us there as well. And remember, if you're listening to the podcast, which a lot of you are, just go ahead and hit subscribe, the little thumbs up button. And then you'll get notified whenever we drop a new podcast, which is every week, which is our live show. Uh, so we don't edit. We don't do like a lot of shows, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, we don't edit our our show. Our, so when this is over, we'll drop the podcast and you'll get notified. My name is Sal Marquez, El Presidente. Time to wrap it up and put a bowl on. I'm out of here. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. Deuces. Out of the key.